Welcome to the Degenerates Clubhouse, a place for less than distinguished gentlemen to discuss nonsense and fuck all tomfoolery. With your hosts Aaron and Armando. Honestly, who's going to listen to this? What a couple of stupid fucking cunts. Welcome, 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 Degenerates, to the Degenerates Clubhouse. And this is a big week. We are a mere week and a half away from a major event. You guys are guessing, what is it? Are Armando and Aaron <laughs> going to go on a tour of Asian brothels? No. Are we going to go to Florida and get a giant eight ball of cocaine? No. Why We're going to go to Flagstaff, Arizona and run a half marathon. I mean, that's not the most degenerates uh, type activity, but we're excited about it. And maybe maybe uh, we're, we're going to record a live podcast, like in the flesh. Like we'll be able to look at each other's eyes as they make stupid jokes. I'm very excited about that. I, I like how uh, you, you had to take a few minutes before we started recording to like think of what you're going to say for the intro. And the best you came up with was welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> You're gonna come up with something more creative, but uh, yeah. Um, well, that that's just to be clear. That's not the part I was trying to come up oh, with. Okay. It wasn't like the first word. I was trying to think how how should I frame it? Should it be about this episode? Should it be about Flagstaff? And you know, I was like, I was like, should it be like we're you know degenerates activities like an Asian brothel, oh, okay. maybe like a killing spree of homeless people. I'm like, no, no, that's too dark and fucked up. We gotta we gotta bring it back. A- Asian brothel, yeah, that's. That's a little dark because there just was a killer in Georgia that was uh, murdered a bunch of people at Asian massage parlors. But you know, these are all things you have to you have to take into account when you're doing an intro. We we, we may need some form of uh, physical recovery after the run. So Asian brothels, I'm not discounting them. I'm just letting you know. Not yeah, probably not a, bo- a brothel, but maybe a massage parlor. That'd be kind of cool. The the best. Uh, is if you find an Asian massage parlor and there are multiple workers and there's like a younger woman who's like, ah, like she, she's just going to uh, do a cursory massage. You got to find the old woman who looks like she's been washing clothes by a riverside for like 110 years. She's got like gnarled hands. She'll actually give a good massage. And then at the end, you're like, no, no, I'm good. Here's a tip. You don't. Stay, stay, away, stay away from the happy area. No no happy ending. We're fine. It's okay. Have you ever gone to a massage parlor? Not, not, I'm not saying to get a happy ending. I'm just saying to get like a massage. I've never gotten a massage. For, from, um, what, like, are you asking about an Asian massage yeah, parlor yeah, or like just in a- general? Yeah, like an, Asian, like an Asian massage parlor. Yes, many, many times. I've never done it. Well, so in particular, when I lived in Littleton, Colorado... There was a like super mega 24-hour fitness I'd go to, and on the way to it, uh, or on the way back, there was an Asian massage parlor, and that's exactly what I was describing. There was like an old woman there, and I'd always want to like let me get a massage from her because she actually gave really really good massages, <laughs> and I don't, I, I think. I never tried to even broach a happy ending. I'm like, no, that that's okay. Like we're we're on the same page. Like I'm here for a quality massage, not not uh, to get my dick touched right now. We, we have and we have mutual friends that uh, have frequented, and I don't know if they still do, but used to frequent massage places just for the happy ending. Um, you'll probably you'll probably guess to who which friends those are, and it wouldn't be too much of a stretch of your imagination. You'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Lawrence Franklin? <laughs> no, no, no. Law Dog, Law Dog's straight edge dude. He wouldn't do that. 
but but to, to answer your question, so I I mean that one in particular, I went to a bunch of times, and it's great because the that one, I, if I remember correctly, it was like forty dollars for a massage. And you definitely wanted to give her like a ten or fifteen dollars tip, and she was like really happy with that. She's like, oh, I'm like a old woman, you know, I'm not the the, the regular clientele, but she she like. She 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 understood her role. She gave a really good massage, and it was way way cheaper. Because you know, if you go to you know a massage envy or, or you know one of these places, it's going to be like upwards of a hundred dollars for a massage. Fuck and I don't that. think they're any better. Fuck that. If if because you and I talked about what day we're probably going to run, and it sounds like we're it sounds like we're shooting for Saturday, but if we decide to run on like Friday. I'm totally down to go like Saturday morning and get a massage, you know? I wouldn't do it the morning of, maybe after. Really? Well, because the one thing, a, a light massage just to get the circulation going, uh, that would be fine. But yeah, the deeper ones where they kind of like dig in, they're using, because the Asian massage pressure, I mean, or sorry, Asian massage parlors, usually their English is a little bit iffy. Yeah. So they're going to be like, they're going to only know a few words and they're going to go, do you want light? You want hard? And if you get the hard massage, they're using like their elbows, they're digging in there and it feels good, but that might fuck you up a little bit for the run. Like it actually takes a bit out of your muscles. No, that's what that. I'm saying is, is, is like after our run. So if we, if we run on a Friday... Then maybe get the oh, massage. Oh, I'm sorry, I misunderstood. If, gotcha. Yeah, if we get if we run on a Friday, then maybe get the massage early Saturday morning, like after the run, though. But if we run Saturday, and we're coming back Sunday, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to get the massage the same day we're driving back. Does that make sense? Yes. Got it. So here, here's a question. Okay. Would you ever get a massage? If, you know, if this was a licensed massage therapist, uh, well recommended, really really knew their stuff, knew like actual medical practices they were well versed in human anatomy and everything if it was a dude um i wouldn't have a problem with it but i i my preference would be no i mean i wouldn't have a if i had like a, if i had a serious aches or you know whatever uh serious muscle issues like fuck no i'd rather i'd, I'd go to a dude to get it worked out i don't care but again my preference would be female for sure and that, that's interesting because I actually I went I was trying to find a massage therapist not a not an Asian massage parlor but like I said someone who's actually trained and the only one I could find yesterday on short notice was a guy because <laughs> I think there's 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 kind of an interesting thing that happens guys definitely have a harder time booking clients just for the same reasons we're talking about like there's a lot of men who are like yeah my strong preference is a female I kind of felt the same way you did but on the flip side. Guys are a lot stronger. Like, yeah. if you need them to really fucking get in there, like, yeah, yeah, not to, not being sexist. <laughs> I mean, get there, in where? Get in where, Aaron? <laughs> just, just deep in there. Uh, and this is fucked up. One of the one of the places, because I was working on a stepladder a lot. Like, I was hanging dry by, drywall by myself, and I should have been using a work platform where you can move around a little bit more freely. Instead, I just had a step stool. So, like, my glute was fucking killing me. So I just I needed that guy to really just get in there oh, no. and fix my glute. Oh shit! Ow! I wish this was a joke or a bit, but no, this is the real life truth of what happened. It's it's sad and scary. Um, there, but there's one place I would not go to an Asian massage parlor, and I definitely wouldn't have a dude massage me because I'm pretty sure it, 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 and 
this particular place that I'm thinking of, you you it would be a mixed bag. You might get some guy who printed up his massage credentials uh, on the internet and was on a meth binge and trying to make some money. And that place I'm talking about is Florida. <laughs> no, no Asian massage parlors in Florida. No massage therapists from Florida. You know what? I think I'm going to just steer clear of Florida in general. Because uh, we were talking about off-air how most of the Florida Man articles lately have been super dark. Like... What was what was the one that that you were thinking about doing? The one that I was thinking about doing was the guy that got found with uh, a couple of. He, he was arrested for having a couple of ears in his pockets when they arrested but him. Was it like his grandfather's yeah, ear or something? It was a seventy-four-year-old grandpa that he was smoking weed with, and oh, uh, good Lord. or so he told the cops that he was smoking weed with his grandpa, and then somehow his ears magically ended up. In his pockets, and his grandpa was dead. So, yeah, it was. Dark. I don't think it was magic, Mondo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I, I don't think uh, you know they they he formed a, a circle and drew some runes in the dirt, and then whispered an incantation, and all of a sudden the ears were in his pocket. I think it involved like murder and a knife. Probably. Oh, I also Florida I man. also don't think it was just weed he was smoking. But hey, it's Florida, you know. So. So all that being said, man, I'm all over the place this episode. I'm going to try to focus up. Hopefully, we can we can narrow down by the time we're at new on Netflix. But let's let's do a Florida Man article that's a little bit happier, you know, a, l- a little bit more carefree. So instead of Florida Man, we're going we're going to uh, do an article about one of Florida Man's animal sidekicks. And this this headline is Florida authorities rescue sea turtle tangled in fifty three million dollars worth of cocaine. That's a lot of dimp. A U.S. Coast Guard boat based out of Key West, Florida, recently helped pull out a struggling sea turtle that wrapped itself in seven tons of blow. <laughs> so, so did you see the picture yeah, of yeah, yeah, this poor sea turtle? Can, can you describe it for the listeners? Well, dude, it. Well, so uh, again, I'm not looking at the picture now, but it, it looked like like it looked like maybe he got snagged up in the like this just uh, um, I guess you call them bricks or whatever they of the of the cocaine where like they were floating on the surface of the water, and this turtle is just kind of like it looked like he had them. Um, it looked like he was trying to smuggle them. For to be honest, it looked like he was he was the one that he's like a like a a, a mule, but it was a turtle with all this shit just kind of like tangled on his on his whatever his legs or his back or whatever. Holy shit! That is the Finding Nemo sequel that I want to see. I, that was what <laughs> I thought. Can we get that trilogy where it's we have Finding Nemo, Finding Dory? I can't remember what the, I can't remember what the, uh, the the sea turtle's name was. It was. Uh, God, what was the turtle's name? It was something cool too. I'll, I'll look it up, but I, I, my, my thought was like, dude, this if this turtle is like a mule, like he's got to be like, can you imagine him like a, one of the, one of the bricks or whatever of cocaine gets punctured, a little of that, a little of that cocaine, like leaks out, and like he's he whatever he sniffs it, snorts it, whatever you do with your turtle, and he's like all coked out, and that's what makes him like swim super fast. To get from yeah, well, you remember from- they were they were definitely on something in that first Finding Nemo where they're like, yeah, man, ride the rush. Yeah, they all, like, they were all like surfer. They all had like the surfer man personality. It was, the turtle's name was Crush. Crush, there you go, Crush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait a second, what do you do to cocaine? I don't know. Crush it. 
You get you had a yeah, you, you crush it, you separate it with the credit card, then you snort I it. I remember the line though, taking a ride on the EAC. He's like all stuck. Oh, I I remember. I bet that turtle remembers the line too. He took a big one. <laughs> Except for it didn't didn't the article say, or maybe you you haven't read it yet, but didn't they say they found some weed with the cocaine too? Well, well, hold on. Yeah. So okay. while assisting with a joint drug enforcement task force involving the Royal Canadian Army and the Pacific Tactical Law Enforcement Team, a U.S. Coast Guard vessel was inspecting a debris uh, a debris field in the eastern Pacific last November when it noticed an estranged uh, sea turtle tangled in cocaine barrels, uh, reports the Miami Herald. Ensign Mark Krebs, the mission commander, told the paper they saw significant chafing from the lines on his neck and flippers. The crew was able to free the sea turtle and collect 6,755 kilograms of cocaine, which reportedly has a street value of $53 million. The task force also confiscated 14 pounds of marijuana during the multi-day mission. <laughs> now, the weed probably doesn't have a whole lot of value, but that 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 uh, that amount of cocaine, holy shit, that's a fucking house, you know? A couple of houses. Taking a ride. I got it. I got it. Taking a ride on the THC. Get it? Instead of EAC? T-H- I get it. I get Sorry. it. What I'm, what I'm assuming is the 14 pounds of marijuana was the payment to the turtle, right? So yeah. he he was smuggling it for them. He was pulling it through the sea. Innocent, who would, who would ever suspect poor, innocent, crushed the sea turtle of smuggling that much cocaine? And, it's, you know, he's a sea turtle. He doesn't really need money, cash. Like, that has no value in the ocean depths. So they, they just pay him in marijuana, which he, he eats. And then he gets really high and goes surfs on the... The THC, like you said, that's what I, that's my interpretation of what happened. What the fuck was the Canadian Army doing, right in Florida? Like what? They're like way down there. Like that sounds like, like uh, I don't know, man. Maybe they had maybe the maybe the the Florida guys or the criminals were 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 Canadian. I don't fucking know. Yeah, I mean, because right in Florida, you just assume if there's drug smuggling, it's you know, it's from South America, it's from Cuba, it's something like that, but. This is just uh, evolving into like a really strange buddy cop movie with like the, the the Royal Canadian Army and the U.S. Coast Guard teaming up to bu- to bust a turtle drug smuggling ring. Like I don't even. I mean, we're gonna do a new one on Netflix later, but fuck, I, I might want to see that movie animated too. Pixar, work your magic. Let's make this happen. Taking a ride. I've already got the the part of the the lines written up for you guys. Taking a ride on the THC. Told you it writes itself, and it makes sense if, especially if it was played by the same uh, voice actor as the the guy in Finding Nemo that plays Crush. Like he's already like the character. The sea turtles are already kind of like like surfer stoner personalities, you know. Then hundred percent. You can have some turtles that have like the like the kind of more like a Cuban Miami accent, and they're like the coke. They're like the cokehead turtles. Oh my God! Can one of them? be voiced by that would be terrifying like a really old gnarled sea turtle voiced by a uh, former ufc fighter yoel romero hey. <laughs> uh, uh, okay i'm trying to i'm trying to do it it's, it's like so guttural like he's he's his normal speaking voice just sounds like an animal dying i love you oh that was no, pretty good no for, i love you no forget jesus 
No forget. Oh, good. That was hilarious. Wait, what will be what will be a line that he says from the from the the uh, oh god? Well, we have to name this too. Fuck, we're I'm getting I'm getting deep into this this new uh, Pixar movie. No, we we take we take the the the, uh, the cocaine to Florida. We sell to gringos. <laughs> he doesn't really say gringos, dude. That's more of a uh, that's more of a Hispanic Latin Mexican. Yeah, Hispanic, yeah. We could table. I could don't know. We're gonna ha- we're gonna have to workshop this. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna table it. We're gonna save our, our uh, show coming up uh, abilities for a little bit later in the episode, and let's let's get into to ask Reddit. Let's t- dial this back a, a notch and, and see if there are any important questions that we need to delve into. So, do you have an ask Reddit question I, for us? I do. I don't know if you had a chance to um, to look over the questions that I sent you. Uh, hold on. Let me pull them up. Oh, yeah. The the first Ask Reddit question was, and I don't have the exact verbiage in front of me, but it had to do with should prostitution be legal? If so, and why? Um, what do you think? What are your thoughts? Should prostitution be made legal? Wow. This whole thing is just tying together. We start talking about <laughs> Asian brothels. It's almost like I... St- I thought about the intro and did that on purpose because I, I saw the ask credit question that you sent to me. It's amazing. <laughs> Holy crap. It's all coming together by coincidence. I think not. Um, so yeah, the question was, should prostitution be decriminalized and regulated by the government or should it may be made completely legal? Why? <sighs> so that, that's one where it, it, it's definitely happening anyway. Right? Like, there, there's uh, Asian massage parlors, as as we mentioned. Poor, you know, shout out to Robert Kraft. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> of the New England. If you guys don't know that reference. And I think that happened in Florida, by the way. The New England, uh, New England, New England Patriots owner, Robert Kraft, got busted for uh, getting an HA at an Asian massage parlor. Yeah, I mean, and there, there's a whole... Uh, world of of you know escort services and things like that. I think I think when we think of prostitutes, a lot of people think of uh, the depiction from like a like a nineteen eighties movie. It's like Pretty Woman, where it's you know some woman like on a street corner. Uh, I, I, I my understanding is is that that world, especially in America, is a lot more sophisticated than that because there, there are people who are, who are doing sex work. Um, you know, they're, but they're actually trying to make good money. They want to protect themselves. They want to be safe. It, it's, it's tough. Cause when you have to do everything sort of under the cloak of darkness, that, that, that is not, that is not a sexual position or a euphemism. Maybe it should be, um, under the cloak of darkness. Good Lord. I don't know what that would be. It's like you get blindfolded and you're get the lights out and you're under the covers but the point I was trying to make is that's a lot harder. I mean, there, there's people that are doing it. It's I feel like isn't it legal already in Nevada? I'm pretty sure it's legal. I, I believe so. I mean, so brothels are definitely legal. Uh, I think there's probably some restrictions. I don't know. I, I've never partaken in the activities in Nevada. The point I was trying to make. I did have a point. This is what I was trying to say. I, I think people are doing it already. If you really you really support the idea that. People should be able to do with their bodies what they want to. If you support, uh, you know, a woman's right to choose when it comes to an abortion, you know, it's her body. She should be able to do what she, what she wants with it. 
if you're following that logic, then she should also be able to uh, use her body as as a sex worker. And if that's the case, then you want to have that be as a, a safe environment as possible. And fucking the government loves making money off us yet. So I, I don't I don't see a reason why it should not be legal or at least have steps in that direction. I, I that was what I was getting. I at. think um I think yeah, I don't know. I growing up <clears throat> growing up, you know, uh we used to go to church and stuff and we would look at something like that like, Oh my god, like it was a no-no, right? It was it was looked at as a no-no prostitution and all that stuff. But like the older we I get, the more it, at least in my mind, it kind of makes sense that they should kind of commercialize it to an extent. And yeah, maybe get the government kind of um, involved. I think I think they should be, I think so much so that you need you should need to get a license to do it. You know what I mean? Yes. Like you should be able to. Agreed. You should, you should need to get a license to do it legally. And the penalty should be like super harsh if you do it illegally. I think part of the part of the guidelines for getting that license, you should be able to. You should have to get like uh, STD tested like very frequently, like things like that, where it makes it kind of more safe for both the the prostitute and the, you know the the people taking their, her services should be kind of felt safer. But yeah, I think I think you should get a you should have to get a license, like a driver's license, and then you, you know you'd have to pay, you know whatever a fee annually or however frequently to, to to maintain your license. You'd have to get all these tests done and stuff. And and the reason I think it should be made legal too is not just for the money aspect of it, but it it also like I see more and more all this stuff about like the um, those uh, prostitution rings and like the. Like all these, like, uh, like, look, let's look at uh, um, Epstein and all that shit. Like all the stuff that's going on behind closed doors. That's like, they're 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 fucking stealing minors, and they're you know, there's a lot of uh, sex trafficking of minors and stuff. I think, I think that's like, that's fucked up. I mean, that stuff for sure. And you're making victims. You know, you're creating victims of these people. I think it should be more, like you said, a choice. And if, if they want to go in that path, then sure, you know, but make it a make it a legal means to do so and just make it so that the people that do it illegally are, are like are fucked over royally for for, you know, you know, you, you want to eliminate sex trafficking for sure, especially of minors. And so that's why I see say it should be made legal. Yeah, well, exactly. That's I 100 percent agree. That's what I was trying to say. I got uh, way late trying to make a cloak of darkness joke, but. When all this stuff ha- has to be behind closed doors, when it's not just out in the open, when there's not uh, regulating bodies looking at it, that's when you have a lot more, I was going to say fuckery, but that doesn't even encompass it. I mean, <laughs> sex trafficking is just deeply, deeply wrong and screwed up, but you've kind of created an atmosphere where these things can can happen. Also, going back to you know what you what you said uh, earlier about how how it was perceived how how prostitution was perceived i mean i think that's a very american perspective and it goes back to you know, if you remember like our whole country was was founded by pr- i mean people who were viewed as religious fanatics uh but, but in europe they're like you guys are fucking way too strict and crazy and just and you know they came to america the puritans I and mean, they were 
we, we have to be pure and chaste and we can do no wrong. You know, th- there's there's that one one thing. Because I mean, when I lived in Germany, they were like, oh, yes, we have our, our, our raper bond. That is the red light district. That is where your American word rape comes from. And when they told me that, I was like, holy fuck. Like, Jesus Christ, guys. <laughs> like, I, I thought I was I was a little bit more open-minded, but can we, can we dial that back a notch? Maybe don't tell me that uh, that's what that's called. But, I mean, there's yes, there's red light districts all through Europe. And separately, I, I mean, if you look back historically, prostitutes were at one point were, um, th- th- there was, there was a class of sex worker that was actually uh, not, not a position of honor, but it was like, it was like an, a, a distinguished position. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the right way to put it. I mean, like courtesans, they were, they were women that served like the wealthy, the upper class, like, you know, royalty often i mean and they they all could often get the the ear of important people in, in a way well not just the ear they could get all, all different <laughs> types of body parts um but they could they could actually have a lot of influence on the goings-on of politics and and you know in i think europe in particularly so it's it's very interesting and by the way that that wow this all ties together that that idea of a courtesan uh is reflected in my next uh in the next Reddit question, but I'll, I'll save that. So I, I think it's like, yeah, there's a really American's perspective that prostitution is something evil and, and bad and wrong. And as we touched upon, it definitely can be, you know, in, in a bad environment in sex trafficking, it's like the worst of the worst, but there's the flip side where if it's, you know, that, that is how, a woman wants to use her body and it's, it's safe and she's protected and her clients are protected. I mean, I don't, what's, what's so wrong with that? I don't know. Yeah. It's usually, a uh, um, someone, it's usually someone, uh, you know, some religious or religion. There's always like a moral backbone to it that says, no, 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 it's bad. But I mean, it, it, let, let, let's, if it's, if the world was black and white and it is such a bad thing, then why are, why do bad things still continue to happen with it like like you like we said sex trafficking and 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 then also like you know like it happens in a lot of TV shows and stuff like that like like serial killers serial rapists like they like usually the biggest victims of that are sex traffic workers that are like like no one gives a fuck about them if they get killed you know what i mean so there's all yeah, this other and again that's cuz that's cuz it's it's all shady it's behind closed doors you can't you can't keep an official record of, uh, okay, I'm meeting with this person at this time, you know, because you're, you're, you're trying to keep the whole act a secret. But if it, ever, if it was more out in the open, you know, it would be the same thing as, as uh, just a regular profession. So it's like, yeah, there'd be a, an appointment book. And I was, you know, this, this sex worker was scheduled with, you know, Gary G serial killer. And she probably should have figured out that he was a problem client just by his, you know, if, if I was a sex worker and, and my, my, my client was named Jerry, Gary G serial killer, I'd be like, you know what? <laughs> we're going to, we're going to pass. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to go with, with somebody else. But you know what I'm saying? Like if there was a whole record and it was more out in the open and that would be a, a big dissuasion for that person. I mean, there, there's definitely uh, a lot more, Weird psychological stuff, I think, tied up in, in uh, sex work than a lot of other professions, but it would just be a lot more above board. And when it's when it's out in the open, the the, the both the people doing the, the sex work and the clientele are just way safer. 
it does, dude, does it not feel weird kind of advocating for yeah. prostitution? Yeah, it does. Like, I'm making this argument and, like, logically it makes sense. And there's still something that maybe just about that American mindset where I'm like, oh, that's not right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's arguments to be made, just to be fair, there, there are arguments to be made against it. And they're not just religious ones. Like, without doing a whole ton of thinking, it's like, the argument against it would be maybe, like, at what like where do you draw the line like there are there are people that have the perversions of like have of having sex with minors or like or like um you know like like pedophiles and and that kind of thing like or people that want to have sex with animals like there's you know there's got to be like like for every for just obviously if you look at like the wet like the internet and like there's every perversion of porn out there and like where where is that line drawn like is it like you can only have sex if you're a guy? You can only have sex with a girl, or is is guy on guy prostitution okay, or is guy on guy on child prostitution okay? Like there's there's that argument to be made, but well, and that's that's the whole thing about regulation, where it's like one of the arguments that always came up with gay marriage, where it's like, well, if you you make gay marriage legal. Next thing, people are going to want to be marrying goats and their pets. And it's like, okay, so first of all, uh, that's not even equivalent. Like, no, you're talking about two humans in a consensual relationship, and then like a human and a farm animal. It's not the same thing. Uh, and two, that's why you have regulations. You could you can say, yeah, if two two people who you know are the same species and have free will and can choose and like know English or, or can communicate their wants and needs and desires, uh, want to have a relationship. That's cool. If someone, you know, a human and a billy goat who <laughs> maybe a little bit lower in the IQ spectrum, doesn't have the power of speech, can't like take care of itself in a modern setting, want to get married. That's not okay. Right. Like, well, that's, that's why you have regulations. So you could, again, just like you were saying earlier, you know, if if you went that route, you could say sex between two consenting adults in this field when, you know, one is licensed and they've done their testing and everything else is, is, is legal and that's okay. And, you know, really, really, I was going to say come down hard. That's probably not the best uh, phrase, but, but crack down, re- really punish to the full extent of law anyone who would stretch that yeah. you know into sex work with a child i think like, that's fuck that i think that's part of the i think that's key is like is is you really really need to crack down and and get these bad guys right like get the like the epsteins and the what's what's his fucking uh his his consort that woman that whatever gislaine maxwell yeah, she's like those motherfuckers need to get locked up like quick like with a quickness and there's Unfortunately, that there's like all this other underlying hidden politics and agenda shit going on behind that because of her black book and Epstein's black book. I wish it wasn't the case, but like fuck that. Like that stuff should be, that should stuff should be out in the open, and those motherfuckers should be punished to the full extent of the law. Not, I mean, it's been well over a year now, and I I don't know anything about the case or how you know what's become of it. So I don't know. It probably isn't the best time to tell tell it. But did I ever tell you about the one time I actually did go to a sex worker in Chicago? No. <laughs> now I want to hear it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this whole this whole segment, I'm like, should I should I tell this story? I mean, we're running a little bit long, but you know what? Fuck it. It seems like this is uh, an adequate place to do it. 
this was one of the most difficult weeks of my entire life. Uh, I was not of, of sound mind. And, and again, this is not to stigmatize sex, you know, sex workers or anything like that. But basically what happened, this is when I was coaching in Ohio, right? And I remember it was like, it was like three o'clock in the afternoon. It was just like a sunny day in Cleveland, which, which is just a thing to be celebrated. Um, everyone was in a good mood. It was during the, it was during the summer. We were sitting at that point. I, I, I had my own like office area. I, I had, uh, I'd been promoted to, to like the video coordinator for the whole college. So I had my office up where the like sports communications were. And like, there were big windows, like the sun was shining in. I was really happy. Cause I was, I was going to a job interview in New York, uh, at this like really pretty school on the Hudson, um, you know, the, the head coach was, that was just like chilling, like got a little like couch area. And like, I think like one or two of the, the, the players were, were there before. I don't remember why they were there, but they were there. And all of a sudden we get, we get a text. It, it was a text saying that w- one of the, one of our former players who had left the team kind of under, under duress. Like she, she had a falling out with the coach. She didn't come back. Uh, I definitely felt some guilt that I didn't try to do more to keep her on the team. Anyhow, we got a text that she she'd been killed. Oh shit! Um, that that morning, like at like two, I think it was like two three a.m. in the morning by a drunk driver, um, just just plowed in her car, and she was dead. And like that that just hit all of us like a ton of bricks. All of a sudden, that atmosphere shifts. I I just remember being like, fuck, like I. I don't want to go to New York because I had to literally leave. I was about to leave to drive to New York for this job interview. I get I get to New York, and I just I just went through the motions. I couldn't even I I had all the kind of the answers to their questions like pre-programmed in my brain. I don't remember anything about the interview. Um, I just remember just being like, I don't fucking want to be here. I don't care. I and all I was thinking about was the funeral uh, services were going to be on Sunday, and this was like. I think this interview was on a Saturday or Friday. And then I, I drive back to Cleveland and then I was, I was supposed to go to a recruiting tournament in Chicago on Friday. And then my cousin's, my cousin's wedding in Wisconsin on Saturday. And then the funeral funeral services were on Sunday and I drive all the way back to Cleveland after the interview. I'm just like, I don't fucking, I don't give a shit. I don't even know what happened. I'm like, well, this, this isn't obviously isn't going to work out. Cause, um, I've tried so hard on these other interviews and it hasn't gone well. I don't even care at this point. I remember thinking like, maybe I should skip the tournament. Maybe I should say, I can't go to the, the wedding. I'm like, nah, just keep going. And I, I drove to Chicago and I remember walking through this recruiting tournament on Friday. And I felt like I was, trying to think the best way to describe it. Have you ever played like a video game where you, you, you it kind of like shifts and all of a sudden you're like in fog and everything's kind of in slow motion? No. I don't know if that ever happened in The Witcher. That's what it felt like. I felt like I was like on a different plane of existence. Like I saw like all the people going through the all the tournament stuff and they're going to their fields and they're playing. And like, I just felt like I was walking through fog in the middle of this tournament. And like, I was just like watching an alternate plane of resistance. I was just so upset and mad. And I started trying to like, I had this feeling like I'm going to do something really (laughs) self-destructive. I'm going to do something fucked up. And the first thing that popped into my mind was like, I'm going to go find a bar and I'm going to get in a bar fight and I'm going to beat the shit out of someone. That's wow. (laughs) Because, because 
Well, here's the thing. The reason that popped up was because I had personally prevented the head coach from getting in many, many bar fights. Like that was like my main, one of my main jobs. It wasn't an official, it wasn't in the job description. It wasn't like, okay, you have to do recruiting in these areas. You have to run individual practices. You got to do the defense. And then you have to keep the head coach from getting into bar fights. But he was an alcoholic and he was an angry drunk. That was what I had in my mind. All these bar fights averted. I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to be in Chicago. I'm going to get in a bar fight. And I was like, right. And then I'm going to get arrested in Chicago. Like, that's a bad idea. And and then the next thought I had was like back, flashing back to Germany, being like, have you gone to the Raperbahn? That is where your American word rape <laughs> comes from. I'm like, oh, yeah. I never did. That's that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to I'm gonna go to... <laughs> I'm gonna Because there's not brothels in Chicago. And I can't remember. I mean... How I, how I found someone. It's the fucking internet, right? Like, I, that's probably what I did. I did something <laughs> on the internet. And this this this, this uh, sex worker was like, yeah, like, this, I'm working out of this hotel. You come, you, you go to the hotel, you go, you go in through the front door, you go this way, that's my room. And that's what I, that's what I did. I remember, like, being fucking super nervous, like, walking in the front door of a, you know, like a, a Marriott or something. Being like, oh my god, do they know what I'm doing? Like, are they watching? Is there a sting operation? Like, super paranoid. Um, but, but I didn't, f- I didn't feel like I was in a, a fucking ghost netherworld surrounded by fog. So I'm like, this is progress, I think somehow. And I, and I go to her room. I remember really not knowing what to say. I'm like, I don't know, I don't know how this works. I don't know if, if uh, you, you just like. You know, if there's like an order of operations, like if you're supposed to like have tea first, I don't. I mean, I figure probably not tea. This is, maybe maybe if you're in London, the, the you have tea and then you and then you have uh, dirty dirty sex. But I defaulted to just starting to ask her questions, like she was a lacrosse recruit. So I'm like, you know, asking about where she's from. Oh, she was from. I think she was from Georgia. Like, well, how did she get up to Chicago? Well, she came up with her sister. Oh. Oh, you have a sister? Yeah, she's in a different room. I'm like, wait, what? So, and then you know, I come to find out that she's here with her sister. Like, there is like an abusive situation at their home. Like, they ran away. Like, this is just what she's doing to try to like survive. She wanted to go. I can't remember. She wanted to go to like, I want to say Oregon or someplace like that because they knew somebody there. And I'm just like this whole thing. This whole thing completely sobers me. Right? I was I was in this this fog netherworld and then I was just angry and self-destructive and wanting to smash someone's head in the pavement and this whole thing just sort of like brought me back to earth at that point the the, the, the detail that she had her sister waiting for her in a different room that was what just like I I was like oh okay I I'm I'm back I'm back to more or less my normal self and now I'm just really sad like here, here's some money I need to go to be in Wisconsin tomorrow night so anyway, you didn't do anything but- <laughs> no, not with her. It was just too sad and depressing. The whole thing, like the 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 delving into the situation and finding out, kind of broke any any illusion of what woulda woulda happened or any like weird like sex fantasies or anything like that. And I was just like, I'm gonna pay you. Like I think this helps somehow. I let peace out. That was a whole lot of build up. The whole thing started with we were talking about legalizing prostitution i thought that was gonna be like a big payoff like you splooged all over her boobies and had a great time <laughs> you got your frustration out you got all this emotion and anxiety and horrible destructive behavior out on this uh 
prostitution gal, but you you instead you you went the gallant noble way, sir. <laughs> it wasn't well here, but so there, there's two parts to that. One, it wasn't a gallant noble way. I'm not gonna lie, like I was, I was cruising for self destructive behavior, and I couldn't I couldn't even do that. Like it would have just made me feel yeah, no, worse in that situation. But like if it was someone who really wanted to be like that's like she's like this is what I want to do. Like, this is, this is my choice. It's my body. It was something safe. Like could have just had like, uh, you know, some, some, uh, work, work some frustration out. Like I, I would have done say it. She would have showed you like, like in, in, in our world, right. <clears throat> Where prostitution is legal and they got licenses and all this stuff. If she had pulled out her, whatever, her documentation, her licensing and said, Hey, look, I'm, le- I'm legal, blah, 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 blah. Here's my, uh, my, my Apple square where you can slide the card for payment. Like if, if she had done all that, you would have absolutely taken advantage of it. Yeah, for sure. That's what I was hoping for. Yeah. I, I, I was, I was wrapping up the sad <laughs> part of the story. Sad. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. No, it definitely was all sad. Like I, I, I preface this was, this is not a, a fun story. It was like the hardest week of my life to, to bring it all back to the question. Uh, so let me just finish. When I was talking about gravity being being uh, heavier, the, the end of it was like, I kind of, I was like, I don't even know what the fuck I'm doing here. Like, what was the point of this whole week? And then I was like, oh, I'm just here to actually try to comfort people. Like, that. that's what I came for. And then I remember went and talked about with one of the other players, like, uh, just sort of remembering some of the funny moments with, with you know, that girl who died and sort of re- remembering remembering her her in in a good way and I was and I suddenly felt a lot better but look in the middle of all that I think I think my inclination of like I'm I'm feeling so so bad like I need some way to like redirect yeah. this energy in, in a way that's just not completely self-destructive doesn't end up with someone's head cracked that you know doesn't land me in jail like that was probably a good idea and I did not know the right yeah. outlet for it and we don't have to we don't have to dive into the the psychological let's, let's not do the, the Freud therapist thing of like well like this 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 girl died and now you're going to to a female prostitute whatever but um dude yeah if that if that scenario had played out the same and prostitution was legal and that was an option of like instead of just channeling grief and rage into something that that's going to hurt someone else it's like yo you could go to someone who who is safe and it's legal and registered and and have sex and like you know blow off some some steam <laughs> blow off <laughs> that's that the blowing off steam that count, that's $15 extra um <laughs> like that was legal dude that that could have been a game changer for that that whole situation speaking of game so I, I've been reading, obviously, the Song of Ice. You and I, you know this already. I've been reading a Song of Ice and Fire, the Game of Thrones books, and um, it reminds me of the uh, the scene uh, of the Unsullied. You know, remember the Unsullied, the army that's they're all eunuchs. They have no wieners. They have no balls, mm-hmm. but they're like crazy warriors. Anyway, one of the Unsullied goes to a brothel. It's like, okay, well, you got no dick. You got no. You got no twig. No berries. What's what what? What purpose does it serve to go to a brothel? And you know the the story behind it is they they go to the brothel because they still wanted to, to feel that comfort. And so like one of the unsullied goes and he's basically just lays in the bed with um with the the sex worker. Obviously they're not having sex, but it's just more of like I got all this shit going on in my mind. I just need to kind of unwind and and feel the comfort of somebody else. You know. So yeah, I, I like I said, I, I'm not. 
I'm not harping you for what you did. I just thought that was like a there was a bigger degenerate payoff to um to your story. <laughs> um ask Reddit question number two. Oh, actually no, let me go back. I'm gonna read some of the answers to to it to the question on Ask Reddit. Some of the answers were every prohibition creates a black market and every black market is a hotbed for exploitation and victimization. Uh, another answer given on Ask Reddit, it's legal here and it arguably makes it much safer since now under the whims of employment law to provide a safe work environment, etc. It's not my thing, but better to have it legal and regulated with laws and such than to have it illegal and at the mercy of the gangs. Another answer, strip clubs are legal, porn is legal. That's all that needs to be said. As long as workers are treated well and respectfully and have good health coverage and frequent testing, I say let it have So it sounds like most of the Reddit um, users that responded to that question are like in favor of it, which is, you know, you know, not not surprising, but also surprising because um, for all the same reasons we already talked about how like the big backbone of the United States is like, it's like a big moral thing, why it's not legal. But I think as... As uh, the United States becomes more progressive in a lot of ways, uh, you know, it seems to be like more people are accepting of it. Like, hey, you might might as well. I mean, weed is legal. They're different things, right? But like, weed is now legal, and it looks like looks like psychedelics are going to be the next wave of, you know, where if they were looked at as taboo, and then before long, it's going to be legal too. So, I, yeah, I could see that. Like in 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 years time, it'll probably be a question that will be brought up. Although I could tell you right now, the Republican Party would be ecstatic if if we if uh, they Democrats started to try to make prostitution legal. They'd be like, "Oh my God!" Like a culture issue that we we can really polarize people behind. Because I mean, yeah, the the whole religious uh, well, I mean, kind of the whole South and the Midwest would would be like, this is terrible. This is the end of yeah. family. Our civilization is is degrading into immorality. And like, it would be super easy to make that a, a political issue. So... Oh, for sure. For sure. Probably won't happen anytime soon. No, it won't happen anytime soon, but times are changing. And things... Uh, uh, the way we perceive, the way we conceive things... Not conceive. The way we perceive things, good, bad, black, white, like that, that's changing over time. Let's let's move on. I yeah, I, sp- yeah, I spent yeah. a lot of time at, like saying the same thing over and over about this question because I couldn't figure out if I should tell that story or not. And in hindsight, <laughs> I'm like, no, probably not. I don't know if that really added a lot to the discussion, but let's let's see if we can get a, a simpler question. Yeah. Uh, do you have the second Ask Reddit question lined up? Because I don't have the question. I know what the question is. I just have. What is a TV show that was canceled too soon? What is a TV show that was canceled too? Sh- oh yeah, yeah. So my answer was: uh, Have you ever seen Freaks and Geeks? Yep. That that thing, like, I mean, I I I remember that it was running on one of the major networks, but I do remember that I I didn't watch it when it was when it was running like live. Like I didn't watch it until like I didn't watch it until after it was canceled because I heard a lot of good things about it. And I remember binging the entire, because uh, they only did one season of it. And I remember thinking, like, holy shit! Like, the acting was great. A lot of a lot of careers were budded from, you know, actors on it. Were, like the whole Judd Apatow universe yeah. started there. 
That was the little seed that grew into the 40-year-old virgin and knocked up and super bad and all all those movies. Yeah, so all these, you know, Seth Rogen, James Franco, Jason Segel. A, yeah, a ton of actors from that, Martin Starr, Busy Phillips. Yeah, so like pretty much every single damn actor on that show went on to do bigger and better things, but the show had um you know, my opinion, the show had a lot of heart, a lot of um a lot of especially maybe people contemporary to my time could relate to a character or another on the show. It was kind of more of a long drawn out version of um Breakfast Club. It was kind of it reminded me a lot of The Breakfast Club but like a obviously a series. Yeah, and like funnier with better writing, but I like I like The Breakfast Club, don't get me wrong, but uh now Fre- Freaks and Geeks I and mean, that was and Judd Apatow was the, the executive producer. I mean, that was one of his first yeah. big things. And and you could see, like, all, all that sort of humor and writing that made movie after movie uh, popular, you know, down the stretch. That's where, where it all started. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember the actress. The What's the lead actress, the girl's name? God damn it. Linda Cardellini. Yeah, Linda Cardellini. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, she's a, she was a cutie back then. She's a hottie now. Did you know, fun fact, trivia, did you know that Jason Siegel wrote uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall loosely based on his, like, bad breakup with Linda Cardellini? Apparently they were, like, an item. No. I did know he wrote that. I did not know he wrote it based on the breakup with her. Yeah, apparently they were an item. I, I imagine the their relationship stemmed from their filming of uh, Freaks and Geeks. And, you know, he got heartbroken, blah, blah, blah. And so, yeah, for forgetting Sarah Marshall had a lot of basis on his breakup with Linda Cardellini, apparently. So what you're saying is I'm just I'm just tracing this all back. So so if you guys are listening, uh, looking for another podcast to listen to, because you're like, wow, this podcast is amazing. It really is all I need to listen to podcasts. But just in case I run out of episodes, I want another one. Dak Shepard has, has an excellent podcast and, and Dak Shepard is married to, uh, what's her name, Kristen Stewart? Kristen Bell. Bell, Kristen Bell, yes, of, of Frozen fame. Um, and she, she was- Frozen? She, yeah, she was the voice of Elsa, I believe, in Frozen. I didn't know that. So Kristen Bell's big break was forgetting Sarah Marshall, where she played the titular character Sarah Marshall. That made her a huge star. And so we learned that just now, that, that the reason that forgetting Sarah Marshall happened was because- of Jason Siegel and Linda Cardellini breaking up on Freaks and Geeks. So basically what we're saying is Freaks and Geeks is responsible for the movie Frozen. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> you idiot. Well, hey, so what was your show or whatever series that was canceled too early? Your answer to that question. Easy. Firefly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dude. That's another one where... Oh, sorry. I'll let you talk about it. That That is... Probably the best thing that Joss Whedon has ever done, and this is a little yeah. tricky because it's coming out now that Joss Whedon is like just a complete fuck. Like he's an asshole, a- asshole, like abusive, particularly to to female colleagues. Wow, this all does tie together, you know, to to uh, to female actresses. Michelle Trachtenberg, who uh, was a one of the stars of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the, you know, one of uh, Joss Whedon's most long-running successful TV shows. And at the time, I think she was like 15 or 16. She's speaking out now saying that there was a rule after something that happened 
that Joss Whedon was not allowed to be alone in the same room with her. Where I'm like, fuck, like that's grim. I don't know what that what he did. Yeah, that by itself, I'm like, oh, like a 15 year old girl can't be alone with this guy. Like, fuck him. I don't, I don't need to have a detailed investigation or anything like that. Enough reputable people and actors and actresses who have nothing to gain from from trashing this guy have come out and said he was a fucking asshole. And that one in particular is really damning. All that being said, I can separate the creator from the creation, if that makes sense. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Firefly was an amazing, amazing show. It 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 ran for one season, uh, similar to Freaks and Geeks. It it was sort of a mashup between like a sci-fi sort of uh, spaceships, futuristic, uh, and and a little bit of Star Wars mixed in. That sort of that sort of show and a western. So it was like a space western, basically. Yeah. All the characters were nuanced and super likable. There were just hilarious moments in in different episodes. I mean, they, he did drama well. The, the the jokes for me hit really well. I thought the writing writing was phenomenal. It did not get anything more than a season, but Joss Whedon uh, did have enough pull to, I guess, get a movie made after the first season to wrap up because he really did have this whole story arc. And I thought the movie, which was called Serenity, was also excellent. I mean... yeah. I see a lot of, uh, obviously, looking back at it now, I see a lot of comparison or a lot of uh, similarities to um, to Guardians of the Galaxy. How it's like kind of an ensemble cast of ragtag motherfuckers in a spaceship flying around from place to place, and there's that 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 levity, that humor. Um, but yeah, I, I did, and that's another show too. That when it was running, when it was on air. I dismissed it like most people. I think that's why it got dismissed because it just wasn't getting enough eyes on it. They, they didn't brand it very well either. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But I, I, I think it was like on, it was on one of the, it was on one of the networks that wasn't a good network to begin with. I think it was on like on the WB or some shit like that. So it didn't get, yeah, it didn't get the the right marketing or push behind it. But once it was canceled, it became like this cult, like this cult show to watch and. I remember, um, I remember Ed, one of our brothers, like saying, "Hey, you gotta check out the show." And he had like the the box set of the of the season or the series, and like I binged it, and I was like, "Holy shit, this thing was fucking great!" I I wish, I wish they would have made more seasons of it, but yeah, I never, it never got the right eyes behind it, and um, a lot of humor. Um, I really like that lead actor. Nathan Fillion. Yes, I believe. Yeah, Nathan Fillion did a really good job of like the lead captain character of the show. You know, well, and because that's the thing, almost all these these uh, characters are dealing with, with a little some sort of trauma. I mean, his, his character fought for the losing side in this war, and you know, there there is it's sort of like he he. It's like he was like a. Uh, uh, in the Star Wars universe, he was like a rebellion soldier, but like the Empire ends up killing the rebellion and now there's, there's sort of these re- rebellion off you know former officers floating around and uh he, he it's like he he's sort of a tragic character but he's also really fucking funny in the show yeah you know again you said similarities between that and star wars if i were to if i were to draw a parallel character to him he's probably like a little bit of a han solo kind of sort of yes um 
But yeah, that, and then can, can, let me let me give you let me give you some some lines. I actually pulled up some some quotes just to. Okay. I, it's not going to do it justice where where it's you know you don't hear the actors actually delivering the lines, but uh, let me let me give you some. So so this this is like a fl- I remember this episode. This is like a flashback to when you know the the brown coats that was the sort of Star the Wars Rebels. rebellion uh, analog is, is fighting and they're in a battle and it's it's Zoe who's like his first commander is teaching this like recruit and she's talking to him. She's like, Zoe goes, first rule of battle, little one. Don't ever let them know where you are. Mal, that's the captain we're talking about. Woohoo, I'm right here. I'm right here. You want some of me? Do you? Come on, come on. <laughs> and she goes, and then Zoe goes, of course, there's some other schools of thought. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Malcolm Reynolds, now that I remember his name. Yeah. You know what's funny? Is I actually have, because uh, I think it's still running, a uh, comic book based off of uh, Serenity Firefly. I think I have like, the first like ten or twelve issues of the comic book somewhere. Um, came out like a year or two ago. Maybe it's maybe it's still running. I don't know. But uh, yeah, Wait, let me let me give you some more lines. Let me. These, these are sure. good. This is. I don't know if again if this is gonna translate, but this is making me happy just talking about those. I remember, <laughs> so this this episode is like he was trying to. Um, you know what? I don't remember exactly what was happening, but it, it's it's like he's he's got the bad guy at the end of the episode that he's been uh, battling against the whole time, and he's got him like in a prone position. He's got his knife out, and you know it's the bad guy's like, "Oh, don't kill me!" And so Mal, you know, uh, Malcolm Reynolds goes, "Mercy is the mark of a great man," and then he stab- he stabs him in the shoulder. He goes, "Guess I'm just a good man," and then he stabs <laughs> him again, and he goes, "Well, I'm all right." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, very good writing and you know, like you said, this is one of the projects that Joss Whedon worked on that was um you know, unfortunately separating the 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 creator from the creation. The creation was great. Um I I know that there was like it had picked up such a cult following that there's like people that still, you know, they call themselves a, like the 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 following call themselves the brown coats. You know, there's like a website dedicated to all these people that like still follow the cult um i guess the 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 mythos or the world the universe if you will of the serenity slash firefly characters i used to have a little bit of a crush on um what's the little mechanic girl's name it was kaylee in the show i don't remember her actual name yeah 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 that's that's it dude i remember having a little crush on her when uh watching the uh this this season or the series for the first time she was a little bit of a horn dog, but she was a cutie. Well, and and look to bring this all back around. One of the the sort of key characters ah, in yeah. the show was, it was uh, I can't remember the character's name, but it's played by Marina Baccarin. I think that's how you say her name. And yeah. she, she was she's the love interest in the Deadpool movies. And in the show, she plays a companion, which is what we were talking about before. She she was sort of like this high level courtesan, um, and. She was really important to the the crew because in this society, like these companions were looked upon as almost like dignitaries, like almost like ambassadors yeah. in a way. And she could get them access to you know ports where like a you know little firefly smuggling ship normally couldn't get into. And she brought a level of uh, sort of respect. So so that that was a very different take on on prostitution but yeah in a lot of places that's how it was so there are a lot of sort of historical callbacks in that show and i do remember one of the best episodes in the whole show was called heart of gold and that that was when uh, uh it, the whole thing took took place in in a brothel 
where they were they were defending it. One of, one of the the uh, prostitutes had become pregnant, and the the sort of abusive man who had impregnated her was going to come and try to take the baby, and they all get roped into defending this brothel. So it's sort of like a like a uh, God. I'm trying to think of a movie that that's that's similar, but that was that was a great episode and. I feel like there's a lot of weird synergy, even though we've been all over the place, me, me in particular in this episode, somehow there's this unifying thread in it. That's a little bit weird. Prostitution should be legal. I'm just kidding. Um, some of the other answers on ask Reddit to shows that were canceled too soon. Uh, the, actually the first answer was also firefly. Yeah. To kind of echo what, um, Aaron said. Another show is the Mick. Never heard of it. Uh, salute your shorts. Oh, that show that was, was great. <laughs> yeah, I think that that was a Nickelodeon thing, right? Wasn't it? As a kid, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a good show. B- uh, Budnick, that redheaded kid. And Donkey Lips. Terriers. That's kind of a show. fucked up nickname, now that I think about it. Donkey Lips? They nicknamed one of the kids. He was like an overweight, you know, fat kid, and they named him Donkey Lips. I'm like, well, all right. <laughs> <laughs> a couple other shows for you. Powerless. Never heard of it. Ascension. As, you know what, Mondo? As long as it wasn't a sex worker that they nicknamed Donkey Lips. Oh, that sucks. That's mean of you, sir. Or would that be a good thing? I don't think that's a good thing. I don't, I don't <laughs> think. I don't think anytime someone's nicknamed Donkey Lips, it's a good thing. And it's really just the context and what particular set of lips you're talking about. I, I don't know. I, mean, I think some of our 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 listeners in the uh, in the Midwest might find Donkey Lips appealing. Moving on, um, that's it for Ask Reddit and uh, shows that were uh, canceled too soon. Um, what else do we have on the agenda, sir? The last thing, and I feel like we've already come up with a, a movie. We came, we came up with <laughs> Finding Nemo three. Uh, cr- crush gets the cocaine, but the last thing we have is is new on Netflix. So I, I wonder if there's another movie and if god I, I somehow if i can figure out how this involves sex workers i'm gonna do it what what was your new on netflix <laughs> um so you know there's there's the uh there's the movies alien versus predator they take two different worlds uh-huh. and they they they, they collide yeah they well, and those are nat- those are similar worlds for sure right they both right. involve aliens coming to and killing people there's also there's also now uh-huh. God Godzilla versus King Kong. You know they take two different universes and mash them up and they fight each other. Uh huh. But have you ever seen the latest on Netflix? Uh huh. Bert Bert versus Ernie. Oh my God, this is too easy. <laughs> <laughs> but so so first of all, Mondo, that that's a little bit tricky because, like you said, th- those. Other movies you talked about were two separate franchises. Alien was its own franchise, and then Predator was its franchise, and they crossed them. Same with Godzilla and King Kong. Bert and Ernie are from the same franchise. They literally live together. Um, so it's, it's, it's not quite what you described. Right, exactly. But still, run with it, damn you. I, I, I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm just, I'm just pointing out that your setup threw me off because <laughs> it's not at all what you're talking about. So here, here's 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 the thing um, with with Bert versus Ernie. It, it is it is actually uh, it is a revenge story. Um, you know, it's it's a story of a lover scorned. Uh, 
because there is a lot of conjecture. And and again, th- this is like a lot of these sort of like gritty reboots. There, there's there's a, a trend in Hollywood for sure, right? Where you have like sort of an older, uh, you know, property, an older piece of media, and then they do a gritty reboot. They're reimagining of it. Um, I'm trying to think. Can you think of some examples? Well, I know they redid like Starsky and Hutch. You know, they they redid that, and then Charlie's Angels has been like that was a good one. Yeah, Starsky, Starsky and Hutch. That was actually that was hilarious. That was a good movie. I thought. Yeah, Charlie's Angels. That was that was a, a good one for sure. That was a much sillier movie, and then they tried to make it serious. Recently, they did Fantasy Island, which was not you know whatever. But it's it's, it's a little bit of a joke where Hollywood is has run out of ideas. So basically, what I'm trying to say is usually gritty reboots do not work out well. <laughs> but in this case, the the Bert uh, and Ernie gritty reboot is actually it's actually pretty good because they they strike more of that Starsky and Hutch balance where it is a little bit of a gritty reboot, but it still keeps a lot of the humor and silliness of of the original. And you get the whole backstory of Bert and Ernie because there's a lot of jokes, you know, for adults who watch, you know, Sesame Street, where it's like, oh sure, they're these two male quote unquote roommates, and <laughs> you've got you've got Bert, you know, who's very very uptight, and you know the the character design, he's sort of this thin uptight, uh, obviously sort of the twink, uh, gay man. Wait, and then you've got you've got Ernie, who's just a little bit schlubbier. He's he's uh, you know more laid back. Oh, don't worry, Bert, it's no problem. And he's obviously the bear in the relationship. And so there there have been many jokes over the years that Bert and Ernie are gay. And wait, you, which one's the top? Which one's the bottom? Oh, good. That's that's t- so. <laughs> Obviously, er- Ernie is the more masculine of the two, but for some reason, I feel like he he's the bottom. <laughs> I never really thought about it that much. And you know what? He is the bottom because this is what you you find out in the gritty reboot is is the way they met was er- Ernie was actually a sex worker. <laughs> like like Bert was having a lot of because you could you could see in Sesame Street, Bert is super uptight. He's got a lot of sort of self loathing and doubt. Like everything bothers him. He's a little bit neurotic, and like he would you know similar to the story I told, um, you know Bert was ex- uh, experiencing a, a death in his life. You know the death of his best friend, and he was in a low place. And he he finds this this uh, sex worker, and it and it happens to be Ernie, and. Of, of course, they fo- they form a bond. There's very much sort of a sort of pretty woman scenario that goes on, and this this is where it does get a little bit silly. The the you you get that backstory and you understand the emotional connection and how Ernie um, helped build Bert back up from a complete neurotic wreck to the sort of silly, funny neurotic wreck that you see in. Uh, in in the Sesame Street series, and you're like, yeah, this is a great redemption story. But unfortunately, what you find out in in Bert versus Ernie that this was all a betrayal. Oh no, Ernie Ernie was was only posing as a sex worker to get close to Bert, um, because. There, God, this is this is a little known fact in Sesame Street lore, but 
<laughs> there is a, a closely guarded secret. Do you, do you remember the, the, the scientists in the Muppets? The, 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 the Muppets in the Sesame Street universes, all yeah. under the Jim Henson universe wing, very closely connected. And they, they, they are, they, the, the, uh, the scientist, um, it's all part of sort of a almost, uh, Avengers-esque initiative, like not an Avengers, sorry, like a S.H.I.E.L.D.-esque initiative where, um, they, they've been, uh, they were making their own sort of, uh, like, like, uh, Captain America super soldier serum and you can you can see you can see through all the the Sesame Street characters and the Muppet characters they've been testing it right like like one of the earliest tests was on Big Bird he was a he was a regular sized bird that used to be his name his name used to be regular sized bird and they were like hey regular sized bird how are you doing he's like oh hi I'm I'm just regular sized bird like I'm fine like and then they you know they put him in the whole fucking uh, container. They put the super soldier serum into him, and just like Captain America, he grows and then he becomes Big Bird. Holy shit! I didn't know that. That was that was one of the earliest tests. Yeah, that's how he became Big Bird. Uh, they tried they tried an even earlier version of the serum on on Animal. Do you remember Animal from the Muppets? Uh-huh. And it just fucking drove him insane. Like, yeah, he's got crazy super strength, but he's he's he he basically became almost like an incredible. Hulk type character, but just all the time where he's just a rage of emotions. He gets angry, animal, right? It's, he, he can't keep control it. And you find out that, uh, Bert and part of the reason he's so neurotic and, and secretive and paranoid all the time is that he's dire- he's the director of this whole, uh, Muppet initiative, Muppet initiative. Um, it's, so it's not, it's not, it's not shield. Do you know, you know the name of it? In in the Avengers, it was Shield, right? But it, exactly in the Muppet world, you know the name of the initiative, uh, Sesame Street. Well, no, that's that's the, that's the name of the street. Yeah, okay, it's fight. Yeah, it's the Sesame Initiative. That's that's a weird name. I don't know why they they probably should have gone with something went, a little bit more menacing. Yeah, they, but they went they went by the SS, right? Isn't that what it was? The SS. <laughs> the, the, the SS, dude, that's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> They're the SS. Yeah, yeah, duh. Everyone knows that. Yes, the Sesame Street Initiative. Yes, I guess that'd be the SSI. But but yeah, they're, they're, they went by the SS, and then they were like, "Guys, should you rebrand?" And they're like, "Well, no, the SS is fine. We're gonna we're gonna stick with that." So, and and that's the thing because they are they are a little bit fucked up. It's dark, right? They're doing um, really like brutal puppet experimentation. They drive animal insane. They've created uh, you know uh, this giant bird, and it, it's one of these these stories where it's like there's a little bit of morality because it's like you feel, one that initially you you feel really upset that. You know, um, Ernie has betrayed Bert, and this is all to get close to him so he could get into the laboratory and steal the super soldier serum. Then you find out, like, oh, maybe this isn't above board. Maybe the SS, you know, people are like, how could the SS be bad? Like, there's no (laughs) foreshadowing that the SS could be doing anything wrong. And then as you find out more, you're like, oh, I, maybe, maybe who is the bad guy? Is it Bert? Is it Ernie? There's, there's kind of a little bit of tension through the whole story. And, but what ends up happening is Bert, who's been jilted, you know, he was, he was made whole again by Ernie and now he's betrayed. He goes into the lab and he takes the super soldier serum himself. Oh shit. And he becomes, he becomes... Uh, Super Bird. I feel like we could come up with a better name than Super Bird. 
uh, what would be what would be a good name? So so animal, that's a good one. Big Bird. We, we've got Captain America. We've got Hulk. So I guess he becomes Captain SS. Fuck, that's that's not good. <laughs> so he becomes Cap uh, Captain SS, and then Ernie to defend himself, who he's stolen the serum, he takes it himself, and and he he becomes Mega Ernie. Holy and shit. It, so it's Captain SS played by Bert uh, fighting Mega Ernie, and it's this this like like uh, you know clash, and and it's so it's very much sort of like becomes like a uh, Captain America versus Winter Soldier type of story where there's a lot of sort of uh, spy and intrigue. Like Bert, uh, Ernie is trying to track down, sorry, Bert is trying to track down Ernie, trying to regain the serum. He's trying to find out with a shadowy organization that Ernie has worked for. And, and most of all, he wants to know if this was all a ruse or if it actually meant anything to Ernie. Did, did Ernie ever truly love him or was this just a plot to steal the serum? So there's a lot of emotions in play. There's a lot of great action. And it's also really silly because when the, the best part is when they're doing these like epic fight scenes, like they're doing flips and, and there's really, really good CGI, but they still have their completely normal voices. You know, he when Ernie like punches him in the face, Bert's still like, bah! like it's just the Sesame Street sound effects, which which really hit home for me. You know, like and there's one point where um, have you ever seen? You ever seen? Uh, oh God, what sequence was that? It was in one of the Marvel movies. Like he gets the guys trapped and he's just like hitting them in the chest like really fast, like boo, 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 like body punches. What was that from? Do you remember? No, I don't remember it. There's been a lot of. I, I, can't, I can't remember the movie. I can I can picture it. I can't remember the characters. But anyhow, that that sequence happens where like Bert is just like body punching Ernie, boom, 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 and the count is just there like one, two, <laughs> three body punches, four. That's his kidney. Like so, it, it keeps the some of the Sesame Street humor and mirth alive, but it has this still has this sort of gritty, um, you know, dark storyline running parallel to it and just just like uh, a joss whedon you know story just like in firefly where you've got this sort of emotional pain the characters are experiencing underneath the surface with humor and jokes on top it really it really worked for me and uh i just wish you know if they do make a sequel to this they stop calling it the ss because that's really, just the, that was the one part i'm like guys you, that was a step too far that's a little bit fucked up but they also did it very in a very sesame street way they were they were doing they were learning their, their their alphabet and they're like um what should we call our super secret initiative and they're going through the alphabet could, could we call it a could it be the alpha initiative they're like no b could it be the the b strong guys initiative no they work all the way through they're like or could it be the the really tough guys initiative? And they're like, no, S, the Sesame Street initiative. And they're all the all the puppets there. They're like, yay, the Sesame Street initiative. And then some. And then Oscar the Grouch is like, yeah, we're gonna call it the SS for short. And it's like Oscar, <laughs> fuck, fucking Oscar has to ruin everything. So so that 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 is the the um, that is Bert versus Ernie, the Sesame Street initiative. Uh, it's new on Netflix. It's not gonna. I'm telling you, it's not gonna completely ruin your your childhood memories of Sesame Street the way Thundercats: The Return would. But uh, 
this is also not for the faint heart. There, there's some some emotions and some feeling. For for all of you who would not watch Brokeback Mountain, I'm telling you, there was one semi-graphic scene early in the movie <laughs> with, with Bert and Ernie um, when they're doing their backstory. So just be prepared. It's The fact that they're made of felt really does sort of soften it a little bit, both figuratively and literally. But um, this is an excellent show. But like I said, it's not for the faint of heart. Holy Bert versus Ernie, the Sesame Street Initiative, new on Netflix. Holy shit! <laughs> how did you do it? How did how did we how did you get there? Uh, Jesus Christ, superstar! I want to watch Bert versus Ernie. <laughs> it got me wondering though, like if 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 Bert versus Ernie actually got made in in this dark uh, with this dark twist that you described, would it be a would it be like a? Would it still be puppets, or would it be live action? Like, would there be real actors, or would it be puppets? No, it ha- it has to be, it has to be puppets, but with with like CGI to make it a little bit more real. Gotcha. Like almost like um, world. Police. Remember like Sin City, like Team that sort of animated quality. Yeah, gotcha. kind of like that. Gotcha. Um, and and. They certainly, certainly for for the action sequences, they are using some CGI. Uh, a- after Ernie leaves Bert, at one point, I don't, I don't know how that ha- this 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 part happens, but he de- Bert definitely ends up with a Nick Fury eye patch for sure. <laughs> oh shit! That that's all I got for for Bert versus Ernie Mondale. I I feel like if you can do a really good job editing this episode, maybe <laughs> cut out some of the parts that are slow just to keep the momentum flowing. Yeah. This is a surprisingly cohesive episode, right? Despite all the weird tangents and and fucked up parts. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Uh, what else do we have on the agenda there, Captain? My Captain. You know that that was it. We talked about a lot of the the. Uh, Flagstaff stuff at the top. I wish we'd saved it for now because this would be a great well, time to, yeah, to we recap. Could still, we could still talk about it. Um, so Dude, yeah, are, it's, we, it's, are we going to... After after everything we've we've been through in this episode and with the, the, the climax, no pun intended, of Bert versus Ernie, are we going to a fucking Asian massage parlor in in uh, Flagstaff, Arizona? I'm assuming they have them. They're everywhere, right? Well, a, a massage would be nice. I don't, I don't know if it has to be an Asian massage, but a massage would be probably cool it, it might be part of our um because we talked about it we talked about how it might be our we need like some sort of like cherry on top and how you know is there is there like a grain whiskey or alcohol that might serve its purpose or maybe some some of that ice cream that's like sugar-free blah 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 gluten-free that's not too bad on your stomach uh maybe maybe a massage is in place um for the degenerates listening to this you know last part of our episode uh, this will be the last time you hear us until Flagstaff, because we've both decided that we're probably not going to record another one before we get to Flagstaff. We'll probably be recording the next one while we're out there. Oh my God, Mondo! I'm looking up. They're Uh-oh. they're they're close. This is relatively close to where we booked the place. There is a place called Serenity Spa Massage. That's it. We gotta go. <laughs> it's got five reviews and five stars. Well, Let five me- re- five reviews doesn't say a whole lot, but five stars. I so guess. everyone gave it a five star. This person said excellent because they didn't know how to spell excellent. This per- this person <laughs> this person says AC wasn't working, so it was a little warm. I was very happy with this massage. Five stars. 
the, it, you know, maybe, maybe, depending on what the prices are. Obviously, if they're like a hundred bucks a massage, I think I'm out. But if they're like a you know twenty, thirty, forty dollar one, and and if our bodies are indeed a little on the achy side, it might be worth something we can do. But yeah, we'll get to record one while we're out there in in, in lovely, lovely Flagstaff. Aaron looked at the weather ahead of time. And it looks like it might be between the forties and fifties when we're out there. So for for me, that's a a nice running condition. Yeah. Oh, t- tomorrow we'll be able to see the 10 day um, for Saturday. But yeah, it, it looks like Friday and hopefully Saturday it'll be in the uh, it'll be in the 50s. Yeah. Yesterday I ran and it was 41 degrees when I left uh, my front door. It was probably in the low 50s when I finished the run. So it was like that's I like running in that kind of colder climate so i think as long as it stays that way i'm i'm uh i'm not nervous about it but i i would be lying again if i if i would if if in the back of my mind i don't have the the elevation kind of like oh crap how's that gonna play but the thing is i'm gonna do it we're gonna do it so it'll be yeah like i said this is just gonna gonna finish i mean we talked a bunch off there and like my my leg is super fucked up right now i'm gonna do the best to to get that hardware back online so to speak but i've already decided man if there are any steep hills especially early on i'm just gonna walk up them and particularly walk down them yeah like i don't i don't have any interest in potentially burning my legs out in the beginning this is this is to finish it one one or the other we'll we'll get through it maybe it'll we'll both get there we'll feel great the sun will be shining and it'll be a, a a easy 13 mile stroll through Flagstaff. It might, this might be a, a grit your teeth and fucking get through it. Um, like your, your Ernie, in, in the, <laughs> the, the, the backstory of Bert versus Ernie. But, um, you know, one way or the other, we'll, we'll, we'll get it done. And, uh, then, then maybe onto the Serenity spa massage, depending on, <laughs> depending on if it's, if it's slash legal and, uh, too expensive. That's all for me. I think we did good. I hope uh, I hope you degenerates in degenerate land enjoyed the uh, the episode. It really it really um, like Aaron said. It really tied together really well. Like on on accident, none of it was pre planned. So it was good that uh, everything seemed to kind of have a common thread. But I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. We will talk to you guys next week in Flagstaff. Bye. Hey everyone, Mondo here. I just want to take the time to say on behalf of myself and Aaron that we appreciate everyone who's taken the time to listen to our podcast. We know there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts to choose from, but you took some time out of your day to listen to us ramble on. Please share our podcast, like and subscribe, follow us on all our social media platforms and all that jazz. Whether you love us, hate us, agree with our opinions or disagree, we still love you.